my calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Welcome to another episode of 88 Miles Per Hour Podcast. I am your host, Sanch, and sadly, I am missing my co-host, uh, Max. Max is on a vacation right now with the wifey out on the other side of the world. He's out enjoying watching some, I know he's going to watch Doctor Who, where Doctor Who is actually filmed, so he's going to be there. And Renata, well, sadly, she imported the some dates wrong in the time circuits, and she is lost in time right now. But it's okay, because I have... One of my friends, someone who I work with, who I found out loves the 80s, loves all things 80s. So I thought it would be the per- perfect person to sit in with me and celebrate this awesome 80s Christmas episode. So right now, sitting with me, please introduce yourself. Hey, I'm Chelsea. What's up, guys? Awesome, Chelsea. And for those of you who uh, have our Brothers Bear fans, you can watch episode 100. Or if you've seen episode 100, she actually sat in and we all talked everything batman so if you want to hear more of chelsea check us out on the brothers bear podcast and if you never even listened to the brothers bear podcast go on and find us on brothers bear but today is all about 88 88 miles per hour podcast all 80s and we're going to talk about christmas 80s because today is our big christmas episode all right cool so uh welcome chelsea thanks for joining me Thank you. I don't know why I sound like all radio fake right now. <laughs> We're like, all right, thanks for joining us, man. All right. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so um, I have um, no shout outs, but if anything, when it comes to the shout outs, everyone out there, you know, happy holidays, whatever you celebrate, uh, enjoy the holidays. For me, it's Christmas. I celebrate Christmas. So that's why I'm going to say, hey, it's a Christmas episode. So, you know, but if you don't, hey, whatever, it's happy holidays for you, you know. Um, uh it's like yeah you're, you're a harry potter fan right oh yeah definitely yeah, like in the movie um i remember in the movies like i think it's the very first movie or maybe the mm-hmm. second one where uh ron is he, he's he ron is it's in the beginning of the movie where where hagrid gets harry and takes him somewhere to go celebrate christmas first and ron is there with him and mm-hmm. then ron goes happy christmas harry so oh, I yeah, noticed yeah. they don't say Merry Christmas. They say Happy Christmas. Do you know why? Yeah, yeah I, I have no idea, but I always, me and my friends always go, Happy Christmas, Ron. Like, we always just, <laughs> like, we just go for that. <laughs> <laughs> See, I say it too, but whenever I say it, I do like you. Like, I, I add the accent and I go, Happy Christmas, Harry. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I never just say, Hey, Happy Christmas. Like, I don't say it in my normal. Like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I want to make the reference to Potter and see if anybody gets you have it. To, you have to add that little, the little British accent. Yeah. <laughs> like, Happy Christmas, Harry. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I just thought you would know. Like, I, I mean, I, I still I, don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why they say. I know. I, I, what I like is they say Happy Christmas and they say Father Christmas. Like, they don't say, like, like back in the, I'm sure they say Santa now, but like back in the day, it's like Father Christmas. I'm yeah. Like, oh, that's so you're like right. that's so like oh what a I don't know I just like 
I like that they say that. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's true. They do. They say Father Christmas. They don't say yeah, yeah, yeah. Santa. They don't say Santa mm-hmm. Claus. They say Father yeah, Christmas. Yeah, yeah. All right, on. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in to listening to us in this awesome Christmas episode. But before everything, uh, I just want to give out some '80s news. I'm not sure if you know about this, Chelsea, but uh, I, the big uh, headline when it comes to '80s related for those of you, uh, ha- if you remember one of our past uh, episodes that we did long ago. Um, let me see. It was Christ. Where the hell is it? Oh, episode 12. If you go listen to episode 12, we did the episode Pee-wee's Big Adventure. And Pee-wee, oh. the, the, the new movie, is finally being made and it's heading to Netflix. So you don't even have to go to the theater. As long as you have yourself a Netflix account, you can watch the Pee-wee Herman movie coming soon. Have you heard about that? I haven't, but I'm a big fan of... Uh, I've always loved Pee-wee, but I, the movie. love the movie. And I heard they were doing rumors of trying to do, like, another movie where it was going to be another kind of road trip kind of thing. That was a long time ago. So it might have, I'm sure it changed. But I'm, I'm excited. That yeah. sounds cool. It, it's, uh, it's like, according to, it's uh, I guess it's the rap.com, Judd Apatow and Paul Rubin's Pee Wee Herman movie has moved from Universal Pictures to Netflix. According to a close source to the production, it moved to Netflix a gazillion months ago. A studio rep did confirm that the project was no longer with Universal. Rubens has been working on getting another Pee-wee feature film off the ground for years, and it finally all seems to be coming together. He is obviously returning to reprise his role as Pee-wee, and he co-wrote it with comedian Paul Rust. Uh, Apatow came on board as producer to help get the film made. So Apatow was like, just, you know, obviously he came on board, and that, you know, with him and his his... His producing power and directing power in Hollywood right now, you know, if he's backing something, there it's like Spielberg. Hell, when it comes to it, when you think about '80s, how many times did you see, you know, produced or story by Spielberg? Like Spielberg oh, yeah. got a lot of stuff. He helped a lot of careers get made in the '80s and a lot of films because he would come up with something and be like, "I can't direct this right now. I want to go do this." So he'd give it to somebody else to direct, somebody he could trust, one of his friends. And, like, for instance, Goonies was one of them. The story idea was, was Spielberg's, but he couldn't direct it, so he handed it off to Richard Donner, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, there's, there's, like, a, a, a good amount. I mean, even Gremlins was another one. You know, like, there, there are certain films, there's Spielberg, like, Amblin Entertainment. He came on board, but he's like, I, I can't do this film. I think uh, the other one was, I always have trouble pronouncing it, but it's Pol, 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 Culture, ah, Christ, you know which one I'm talking about. Oh, uh, so, Poltergeist. Yes, there you go, Poltergeist. Yeah, I love Poltergeist. Yeah. Poltergeist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That one, he got Toby Hooper to direct, freaking mm-hmm. the Chainsaw Massacre director, the guy who created that film. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so so it's like right here, you got uh, Judd Apatow coming on board to helping Rubens, and then, yeah, so I know earlier, uh, earlier in the year, he actually did, um, it, it, there's an episode, another podcast, Nerdist uh, podcast. He was on there, and he was talking about how the film was coming along, and that one of the things that he said that uh, that he had, he's like, we now have such an amazing company involved, and that's the really big announcement that hasn't been made yet. And and obviously the the company he was talking about was referring to uh, Netflix. So right now there's no director announced at all, and um, there's no plot details yet. Um, but it, I know Pee Wee. A lot of it will involve 
uh, what he talked about in the Nerds Bomb, I'm trying to remember, but I vaguely remember. I think he was saying, like, a lot of it, he will include, like, I guess the Playhouse in it, but I, I, oh. I really don't know. I can't mm-hmm. remember, so don't quote me on that. But, yeah, but a lot of this, the source comes from the rap and GeekTyrant.com, so... So yeah, so there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I think, that, I think that's cool. I think that's cool there, and I like that they he did the um, that live show with the the Playhouse live show. Did you go see it? No, I they they filmed it and put it on HBO, which was cool. But um, I thought that was cool. Like he's just doing more stuff with his career, and like kind of like um, I love. I'm a big fan of Elvira, and she just kind of keeps doing stuff with her career, and she keeps trying to like um, keep that character alive. Mm-hmm. So with like Pee Wee too, like just trying to like keep going with that character because people seem to like really love you know that character a lot. I mean I do, so that's awesome. I'm excited for the movie. Yeah, I I, I mean same here. Like Pee Wee's Big Adventure. I mean I used to watch that back in the day on Betamax. I used to watch uh-huh. it all the time. And oh yeah, yeah Pee Wee's Big Adventure. It's like it doesn't matter. Like I get there are things about that film that do very much like all right, this feels dated. You know, mm-hmm. there's certain things in that movie. Not, but as a whole, like, you could watch that movie today and still be like, yeah, this is awesome. I love it. <laughs> where there's other films where you're just like, all right, with the times. Like, if you watch Weird Science, you just know the science mm-hmm. of the whole thing of it is like, yeah, yeah. this is so, it is dumb 80s. Like, but when it comes to it, there are certain films where it doesn't matter at what time frame you can watch it. You're like, gonna be like, wow, this fits with the time. Like, this still is is um i can't think of the word but it'll still make you laugh and uh, you can still enjoy it for yeah. what it is you know it's like it's it's, it's kind of relevant still there you go it's still relevant yeah. and like where yeah and even if so like like for instance like i love lucy you can mm-hmm. watch that today people are still oh, yeah. watching it now and mm-hmm. you you could laugh like even though you know for a fact it takes place way before we were even born still you could watch it and be like entertained with it and laugh like there's other shows where i'll watch and be like holy hell like dude this is (laughs) terrible like this is so 80s like if you try to watch like 21 jump street or 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 miami vice you're like whoa this is true 80s but yet there's other stuff like yeah like when it comes to like films or whatever like even the breakfast club because when you watch the breakfast club all those characters exist now in our lives like i guarantee you like you in high school i bet you can pinpoint every single person in that film from people you Mm -hmm. knew in high school you know and we all go through that we all are teens and like that's what i don't know all in all it's like when it comes down to Pee Wee herman the peewee's big adventure great film now yeah, his definitely. second film is uh, not so good. Yeah, <laughs> I did not care for that one. No. Same, no. same here. Um, but hey, uh, you know the original, but awesome. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Sometime, most likely next year, we'll be getting finally after all these years a new Pee Wee Herman movie. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So here we go. Here we have it. This is the point of the show where we're right away. We're just gonna get into it. We, we we're gonna. It's our big Christmas episode. So the first film I thought we would, you know, uh, the something that represented most like because there's, there's so many Christmas movies and obviously we're gonna be doing '80s ones, but one of them like a lot of <laughs> when I mention this, I know there is like like. People, they're like, oh, when I said, well, I started telling my friends, they're like, oh, are you going to do a Christmas story? I'm like, no, like, that, it's like, no, like, there's other movies I felt like truly represented uh, Christmas. And I know, 
I was I was also told um about like doing Die Hard, but like I was like no because yeah, even though Christmas it... is kind of in the background for that exactly movie. it's just... Gremlins, Die Hard, even Batman Returns, it's all Christmas is just sort of a part of it, an element in the background. Exactly, where it, it's not. Yeah, you're right. See, that's the thing with Die Hard. Everyone always says you know you know one of the best Christmas movies. Everyone says Die Hard, and though. I, I agree that it is a good, but in reality, it is, it's still, it's in the background. It's not the forefront, you know? Even though he does make references, like, you know, you know, ho, 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 I got a machine gun, you know, and this and that. Like, he, he does all that stuff, but, you know, um, when it comes down to it, I chose two films that I felt best represented Christmas. The first one that we're going to do is uh, freaking 1988 Scrooge. So yeah, so with that film, oh, and I just want to point out to you, um, Chels, that, you know, I wanted to do the picture of us. I had them in my box. I forgot I took them out of my backpack and I put them in the box because my backpack was empty. So when we were trying to take the picture, freaking, uh, when I was leaving, I'm like, oh, here they are. They were here the whole time. So whatever. <laughs> but yeah, so we're, we're going to be doing, uh, and hey, uh, directed by Richard Donner, same director. Mm-hmm. Who did freaking Gremlins? Um, I mean Gremlins. I'm, oh no, yeah, he did do Gremlins, right? Uh, uh, yeah, he did. He did. He did. Um, he did. Uh, oh wait, uh, Goonie, Goonies. Yeah, no, he right? didn't do Gremlins. Um, uh, I, Gremlins was a uh, Joe Dante? Dante. Yeah, I always get those yeah. two confused. I'm sorry. Love um, Joe Dante. Joe Dante. Awesome. But no, he did Goonies. That's the one I mentioned yeah. earlier. But no, Richard Donner. I'm sorry, he did freaking Superman. And technically, yes. Superman 2, the real true cut, was done by Richard Donner, freaking Superman mm-hmm. 2. But uh, this guy, he, he went off to do... Um, he actually shot this movie in between Lethal Weapon 1 and Lethal Weapon 2. So within that time frame, he shot three films. And uh, freaking, yeah, Scrooge is uh, one of my favorite uh, 80s Christmas movies. Why? Because it is... One, I love all, all versions of... Uh, Christmas Carol, even the the crazy, scary looking, you know, uh, uh, Jim Carrey one. That, oh, the Disney one. Yeah, yeah the one. <laughs> even the yeah, the the one that Robert Zemeckis, director of Freaking oh, Back man. to the Future. Uh, even that one I enjoy. I mean, a Mickey's that's Christmas a strange. Film. That's a strange take on that one. That one. Yeah, the, the newest one. I guess you could say that was an odd movie. But I liked it. But yeah, it's dark, kind of like Scrooge's dark. Dude, but. yeah, you know what? You're right. Because I remember watching it. Because it was, I, I, it may have been last Christmas, <laughs> or, or the, every time I say last Christmas, right away in my head, and go, I gave <laughs> you my heart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um. I think it was last Christmas. I had finally watched it, or the or the year before, I watched it, and I was watching. And I was like, Man, this movie's kind of dark for kids. Yeah. Like they went like full on Christmas Carol. Like I know they yeah. were trying to stray true to it, but I think because it was too scary, I think it's what hurt it because it didn't do that well. But I mean, yeah, it didn't. Yeah, I remember seeing that movie um, during like a Christmas break with my mom in a completely empty theater. I mean, that was probably one of the. You know, there's always those couple times where you're in the movie theater by yourself. Yeah. That was one of those times, and there's nobody in there. And I just remember that part with, like, there's these, like, little kids, like, clinging on to the, the mom's legs or something. Like, and that one part, I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen it. But I'm like, this is dark, and it's Disney, and it's for kids, and it's dark. And it's, like, odd. But, I mean, I liked it kind of for that, for its different take. But I'm like, yeah, it's surprisingly dark for Disney, I thought. Yeah, it, I mean, it was. I mean, hell, it didn't help freaking that he went on again in the same direction of 
Polar Express because I hate oh, yeah. his whole stupid, like, I'm going to try to make them so real. Like, just make it real then. Shoot real actors. Like, why the hell are you going to CG so much to make it real? Like, that's why I love, like, Pixar. What they do is, like, they make everything else look real minus the characters. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, if you look at Toy Story and you look at just, like, a wood panel, it looks like real wood. Like, the way all that... But the toys still look like freaking CGI toys, and they they feel cartoony. Whereas Zemeckis, I don't know what the hell he was doing. Yeah, and yeah, like Polar Express is a horrible Christmas. I hate in, that movie. In um in the Disney's Christmas Trail, the characters are just kind of like not pleasant looking, like not even nice, like easy on the eyes, like yeah. to watch. Like it's yeah. like mm, like I don't know. Like it may you know the voice acting is great and everything, but the, just the the design of the characters is like, yes. oh, like I don't really like I don't know, just I don't and care for it at all. Like Polar Express, where they're the children have like that dead eye expression, <laughs> like it's creepy. Like that movie, like people, there's people like, oh, I love that movie so much. I'm like, I don't know, like yeah. kids are weird. <laughs> I, I hear that too. Like people are like, oh, I love Polar Express. I'm like, what? Why? Like, no, I, I no. don't know. It's scary. Like, to me, I hate, like, I, ha- yeah. I don't know why I hate that movie. Like, I mean, I love uh, so much things Christmas, you know, but when it comes to that one, like, uh, mm-hmm. it's just garbage. But yeah, like, A Christmas Carol, like, you're right. There is nothing, like, like appealing to the eyes. Like, the people, they made them look real, but so, like, yeah. like nothing, like, pretty about them. Like, Bob Cratchit mm-hmm. looked weird to me. Like, yeah. Like, I get Scrooge looking the way Scrooge should have looked. Okay, cool. You want to make him look like a bear, you know? But, I mean, everybody else in the movie, I was just like, I don't know. But, mm-hmm. that's why like, you know, hey, with the Christmas Carol, this version that we're doing of Scrooge is an awesome new take on the story. And and, and, and it's, it's uh, honestly, like, it's really well done. Like I, I just recently watched it for this episode, and I was shocked of how, how well this movie for me holds up. Like, I mean, the idea behind it is where like instead of like we're Scrooge in the original Christmas Carol, he's just like what a tax man, a tax collector. What is he exactly? Uh, I, you know, I don't know. I just know. <laughs> I know I've it's money, it right? Tons of times. Yes, yeah, do something with money. I can't remember what it is me either that's the one that... thing i don't know what his actual job is yeah i know i don't remember <laughs> I, yeah i don't know what his job is but freaking i just know it has to deal with money or or accounting or something because yeah freaking cratchit is there like always like counting and all this and that the money mm-hmm. um but but with this it's uh bill murray is it plays you know the the Scrooge character, but instead his name is Frank Cross, uh, Frank and Xavier Cross. Um, so he plays the Scrooge character, and he he's a uh, he's a uh, freaking Christ. Now it's not hitting me, but he's the the youngest. He's like CEO of like a television like station. Um, pro oh, television think. programming executive. Okay, he's the he's the youngest programming executive, and uh, so yeah, so the whole story is just how this guy, hate for one, you know, it, it's all the story, the typical, you know, I'm not even going to tell you really the Christmas Carol story. You should, you know, everybody knows it. I mean, hell, but yeah, he aside from that, with with this movie, um, it it, it is awesome. It it does exactly what the Christmas Carol story should be. You got an a hole. 
who cares about nobody but himself has somebody who's by his side but is it, it could be living better but is like freaking going through hell so you got that the 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 crack bop no um what's the cratchit or the his it, it, it i mean the scrooge's helper i can't think of it yeah the character and then you you obviously have you're always gonna have the 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 someone who's related to the scrooge mm-hmm. character who's always no matter what always has love for that character and then you got the ghosts who give the visit and at the very end this person is transformed that's literally in mm-hmm. just what the, the yeah. Christmas Carol story is. Oh, I did look up really quickly what Scrooge's job is. He was a money lender, I guess. A oh. money lender. So that's what he was. So that's why he'd go around being like, oh, where's my money? You owe me. You haven't paid me in weeks and stuff. So that's what he was. Money so lender. so or business he's like man. the fast cash people right now, right? Yeah, yeah. Kind of like that. Yeah. Or like when the, you know, the bank loans you money and they come looking for it. So... <laughs> Right on. Okay, I I had no idea. So there you go. So maybe yeah. I, want, a... I wanted to find out. I'm like, I have to know. So. <laughs> All right. So uh, first off, number one thing when it comes to this movie, Danny Elfman's score. Like yeah. right when it starts, the moment the movie starts, you just hear Elfman's score and you're you're in. Like that's what really I think helps this movie a lot is a, a non-Burton film with an awesome Burton-esque soundtrack. Like yeah, there there is Burton elements to that movie. The this music and a lot of the sets are very Burtony. Like the room, like you'll like one part of it is like the room is like on its side sort of, and it's very triangle shaped and oh. very. I don't, you know, what I mean, like towards the end. Yeah, um, when he's visiting um the little boy, what's his the the he's the he's the tiny the, Tim character. Yeah, the son of the the woman that helps him. Yeah, the yeah, Cratchit type of character. Yeah, and uh, I'm like, yeah, it's like, wow, this is really giving me like Tim Burton feel of like the way that they've designed parts of the set and stuff. So I definitely got that appeal from it. I I know um, what you call it with uh, when I I was listening to this. There were certain times, um, what you call <laughs> it when the music played. There was seriously. Um, certain parts of the movie when they played this the the score it's seriously no like it sounded if you close your eyes you would probably think you were watching batman returns like mm-hmm. it seriously sounded that way like i i i i know for all right let's see um okay there's a, the scene where where frank you know after he gets visited by the first it's actually not the ghost, but he gets visited by his uh, his buddy or whatever, the Jacob mm-hmm. Marley character. Uh-huh. When when he's drinking, afterwards he drinks and he drinks and he, there's a golf ball in his mouth. The song mm-hmm. that's playing right there, seriously, exactly sounds like a Batman Returns mm-hmm. song. That's why like, I feel like Alfman like, literally had the score for this movie and went into Batman Returns and just changed a little bit. Because it seriously sounds like Batman Returns. Mm-hmm. Exactly like Batman Returns, but... But yeah, like, like that's the one thing. Like, what, what what I really love about this movie is the score. Freaking Danny mm-hmm. Elfman. Like, you know, again, we all know him for Burton, but he does a bunch of other scores for yeah. other movies. You know, like he did Red Dragon. I had no idea he did Red Dragon. You know, mm-hmm. it's just certain movies that he he does. But yeah, so um, so right in the beginning of the film, 
uh <laughs> it it starts off like you're it, it looks like you're watching another movie it's like a, a, all these elves and everything in, in santa's workshop and next thing you know they're being attacked and uh the one thing that catches my eye in that is some punk rocker elf i don't get why she's there like oh why? yeah <laughs> <laughs> like i don't understand like that character like because there's not it's just like a throwaway character she's for some reason punk rock but they don't explain anything else it's like seriously mm-hmm. it's there and you're like uh why unless there's a deleted scene but what i like is after that moment they go he's like you know the night uh santa saves christmas or whatever i don't remember what Uh they called that um and then they start playing like a bunch of like fake tv shows like they start doing is like you know next week you know watch such such and such and then one of them is like um it's a kid he comes in he's like he's like hey mom where's dad he's like oh you know your father he's out chasing beaver and then then his (laughs) father loves beaver you know and it's uh, and and it's just hilarious but it reminded me of i i don't i hope you've seen this movie but you ever seen stay tuned yes with uh john John ritter yes yeah yeah that's what it reminded me of that whole intro exactly like looked like it was out of stay tuned like i loved it because it was all these fake shows that were not normally would be shown on actual TV. It's so over exaggerated, and I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm watching Stay Tuned, and I love yeah. Stay Tuned. That movie's like so cool. I, know, I get it's not 80s, but it's a freaking great 90s it's movie. So good, yeah, oh, yeah, it's such a good. Like I wish, like you know, I, that's I'm not usually a fan of reboots or remakes, but that would be one that would be good now. I mean, no one could replace John Ritter, but the thing is with so much tv now so many mm-hmm. channels i think it would it would benefit like being remade now because it's like it's our culture so much about having so many channels so many they could easily spoof so many freaking shows and movies right now and i think that movie would work like if they did mm-hmm. a remake of stay tuned that'd be good i love yeah that movie's great that's a good one yeah, I, I I love that freaking film. So yeah, so um, when the one thing about the film when it starts off is the freaking the cool is like they show that he's like you know this Christmas day join us for you know IBC's you know oh Christmas Carol live and you know and it shows all of that he's like oh he's like and he's like all bored by it he's like wow that really sucked and then I like when he shows the ad. And when I was a kid, that ad used to scare the hell out of me, especially the freaking acid rain part. Because I used to think, I'm like, what if it does rain acid? How would we even survive? Like, where can you hide? Where? Because I feel the acid would burn through everything, and I was like, what the hell? I don't know. The acid used to scare me. I mean, that was that would have been that. I mean, did that? I mean, when did you originally watch this movie? How old were you? Oh my gosh. Oh man. Um. Probably junior high. It, it would become on TV. But my conversation most of the time with that movie was, um, uh, oh yeah, do you, have you seen Scrooge? Oh yeah, I didn't really like it because it's because they didn't like the. It's 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 a weird movie. It's offbeat. It's it's. I think what people that don't like it don't like that it's so dark. Like it's it's really dark. Um, and that was like people would be like, oh, I don't know about that movie. It's kind of dark. But I was like. I always liked stuff that was like weird and different, so I was like, "Oh no, this movie's awesome!" But yeah, I was a little older, so like, like that, and I was fine with that. The acid rain not freaking <laughs> out, but um, yeah, no, that was not a problem for me. Yeah, because I mean, that's freaking that's dark. Like the because mm-hmm. they they the first thing they they 
they show I, I, I can't okay I, I don't remember the first one he's like he's like this Christmas Eve is Scrooge and then like it just no he goes here's like some and I don't remember the first one but it's like acid rain you know uh, I know it's like freeway shootings yeah, and terrorists yeah. you know and yeah, yeah. he's like there's one thing you have to remember and or whatever and it's just something he's like you know it, you know scrooge watch it like your life depended on it <laughs> and then i'm like but as a kid i'm all that's the, it scared the hell out of me but the main one was the acid rain because i would always be like where could you hide from the acid rain like how can you stay safe from the acid rain <laughs> so that one always always scared me but but yeah scrooge is dark like, i have to agree with you but I, um Definitely. there is a uh uh, I listened to this long... This is actually a Christmas episode from, like... Christ, it may have been the first Christmas episode back in, like, 07 or whatever. 08, I think. It was from Smodcast. When the early days of Smodcast. And they talk about Scrooge. And they mention that in the original script of Scrooge, um, the original draft was even much darker. Like, it was even way darker. And they actually lightened up. So that's why some of the dark elements stayed in the script. So I guess, like, I would love to read the original script, like, that version of it. Because it's much darker, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you're right. It, it is a dark film. Like, I, I mean... Oh, yeah. It's like, I wonder what is the consensus. You're saying all your friends are like, ah, that movie, I don't like it because it's dark? Well, they, I don't know. They just didn't like that. Because it, it's kind of odd. Like, I was watching it the other day, and I'm like, there's, like, weird... It's weird... Like the part where she, um, it's funny, like the, um, the ghost of Christmas, um, uh, present is, I forget her name. You probably, I don't know. She's that, com- uh, comedic actress. Yeah. Carol actress, Kane. uh, Carol Kane. Yeah. Who's on Gotham right now. Um, so, uh, yeah. She like keeps like kicking him and like punching him. And I'm yeah. like, it's funny, but like, this is like, why is, why is she doing that? It's like weird. Yeah. She's Obviously, like all abusing him. I'm like, but that's, it's such a strange, it's so strange to me. I don't know. I'm always, I always thought like, why is she like kicking the, like, does she hate him? I like, could never figure that like as a kid. I'm like, why, what's going on? Like, I don't get it. But like, now that I'm older, I'm like, I think it's just funny. Like that he's just, she's kicking the crap out of him. <laughs> yeah. That, that was actually always my thing too. Like, I mean, when I was a kid, I didn't understand why she was so abusive to him. Like, I didn't, I didn't get that. Yeah. Like, what did that have to like? Why did she have to be abusive to him? I, yeah. I don't understand. I loved her character. It's funny, but yeah, she was always just like hitting him. And I like when he's like, he's like, if you, if you touch me again, I'm gonna rip <laughs> your wings off, you know. And she still beats the hell out of him and this and that. So yeah, that that was cool. Do you have mm-hmm. any specific notes or anything based on this film? Uh, notes that I wrote. Anything on this film? Yeah. So I could. Because I've, I've been obviously talking the most, so I want to oh, let you... Uh, let I didn't you write talk. any notes, no. I'm not... I never come that prepared, but... Um, I don't know, like, I... There's just things that I do like, but I like... I love um, the Ghost of Christmas um, past. Mm. I love that it's, like, this cab driver. And he... That guy's performance is excellent. He's got the cigar and everything. I really like that. Yeah. Um, but I, what I do like, too, I think is interesting, is that a bunch of... Um, Bill Murray's brothers are are in it. Yes, and and actually both the movies that we're talking about, Christmas uh, Vacation and Scrooge, both have his older brother. Um, I think Brian Dole Murray is his name. Yeah, which is interesting. He's great, and I think it's. I was talking to my parents. I'm like, man, I don't know if you've ever heard uh, 
the people listening if they've ever heard his voice, but it sounds completely different than, I mean, you couldn't have two, they're related, but their voices are nothing similar. He's got this gravelly, yeah. you know, like, ah, and you know, Bill Murray's more light kind of, it's, it's hilarious that their voices are the same, but then he's got his younger brother and I, and I read that there's another brothers in it, but his um, younger play, brother actually plays his actual younger brother in yeah. the film which i thought was really cool because i've never really i don't know if i've ever actually seen his younger brother in anything else i'm maybe i have but i i don't know but i do like that too um so any 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 of that um <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to think um trying to think. <laughs> <laughs> no no worries i, I just because i don't i don't want to um like over uh oh like uh, do like oh, a... no, I, no i got you um another thing that i think is cool is um robert zemeckis ex-wife is in the film she uh plays like that blonde assistant and she's in goonie I, she's like in a lot of random movies where she like plays bit parts uh-huh. and I, I i kind of i totally kind of forgot that she was in scrooge but i'm like oh hey that's that's his ex-wife. She was in... I think she was in... She's in Monster Squad. She's the mom in Monster Squad. Yeah. She's in some other stuff, too. I she know. was in... She was in the... Um, is she the in, mom in Goonies, too? Yeah, yeah, she is. She's in... She's the mom. Okay. She has a yeah. broken arm. She was in the Lethal Weapon movies. Uh-huh. She's, she's in Back to the Future, too. She, like, plays a cop when they're taking... She's uh, that, Jennifer that, home. I didn't know she plays one of the cops. Yeah, I I went in so deep into that movie like <laughs> like a long time ago with Back to the Future. But yeah, she plays one of the um, like cops taking Jennifer home in the second movie. Um, so I thought that was cool. There's a lot of little you know cameo kind of people like like Carol Kane. I don't know. I just thought that was a good pick for that. Um, then you've got his love interest, um, who again I'm gonna forget the name karen allen karen allen who yeah, from uh, is indiana, indiana jones fame. indiana jones and i think she does a great job and i, I don't know, i just like a lot of the cat i like a lot of the cast mm-hmm. i really like it and then buddy hackett that's awesome oh so yeah they got you know they got buddy hackett playing scrooge in the uh taping of their their tape their live taping of scrooge yeah he plays the actual scrooge. scrooge yeah which i i'm like oh that's buddy hackett's in it like that's awesome so. <laughs> yeah, I love that Buddy Hackett's in it. Though, like, it sucks we don't get to see much of him. Right, yeah. But it's still it's still freaking awesome that he's in it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, there's also uh, an early, early freaking uh, uh, Mimi from the Drew Carey show is in this movie. She plays the nurse. Really? Yeah, the part where, remember the, the census lady? Or, or yeah, the she keeps getting hit. Yeah. The first time when she gets hit in the head, where like where they're like when he's out talking, but like see, I like when he has the guys right there, he's like he's like oh, we could we could barely see it. They're talking about the ladies, you know, parts, and and he's like see, yeah. he's like these guys, you know, and they're even trying to look, you know, and yeah, then yeah. that's when he's like, all right, guys, you know, thanks a lot. And then when they walk away, they spin, hit the pole, and they hit mm-hmm. the lady in the head. The mm-hmm. nurse who comes is Mimi. And I remember when like when I first noticed this after watching Drew Carey when I was like I don't know in high school or something I was like oh that's crazy and it's it's so crazy how like sometimes like you know certain actors are like in bit parts and then they become mm-hmm. huge later like Samuel L. Jackson when he was in freaking uh, Coming to America you know when he oh, goes okay. <laughs> and he robs the 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 convenience I mean the 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 McDowell's and it's mm-hmm. like Samuel L. Jackson at that time 
no one knew like all right sam whatever you know but now yeah. the guy you know he's the he's freaking huge you know yeah they become so big like that yeah, yeah. It is cool. all right so well since you said everything of, of what you you know you'll probably you'll you'll jump in on everything yeah, um yeah. of whatever i say because there's a there's a, um there's a, a lot of a, a lot i mean i take usually a lot of notes and stuff like that just so i can remember but um i mean hell uh, I guess I'll um, I'll go down the line. Like for first off, uh, I think uh, Bill Murray plays a perfect Scrooge. He comes off like a real, real a hole. Like that's what yeah. I loved about this movie. Like, like he's even more intense than like most versions of Scrooge. Like he's bad. Like he's like the other Scrooge is pretty bad, but like this like version, he's like despicable bad. Like bad. Yeah. Like when he when he fires Elliot. The, the one that play, is played oh, by Bobcat. Oh, that Bobcat goes... I mean, first off, yeah, Bobcat, great. Like, he's doing his oh, Bobcat voice. Like, ah, yeah. ah, you know, he does that. But he's playing Elliot. And it's cool because there's nothing wrong with this character. But the, what, they're, what the, the filmmakers, the writers, what they're trying to do is establish how much of an a-hole he is. And mm-hmm. all he, he, he... There's nothing wrong with this character. He just flat out says, like, hey, I think... This this commercial is too much. The acid rain and all that would scare people. You know, hey, the other ad is perfect. People love it. The ratings, you know, the word and the census, blah blah blah. Everybody's like, hey, this is awesome. We love it. And then he fires him, and he and and that's it. He's thrown out in the street, and he's like, he's like, ah, oh, under like it was like four minutes and thirty seconds, and he's like looking through a telescope. Like he gets him fired, and that right and, there, and he he like seeks, he like enjoys the pleasure of like the misery he causes everybody too so <laughs> yeah and right there boom perfect thing right there is the setup of like this is how much of an a-hole how evil he is because with the other scrooge movies or or story takes the way we always find out how much of an a-hole scrooge is like one he's a terrible boss because he makes cratchit work really hard for barely any money and but every time people come in asking for money and donations and he like kicks them out and then his son, I mean, his ne- it's usually his nephew comes in and says, hey, I'm inviting you to my Christmas party. He's like, ah, the hell with this bah humbug. And he kicks him out. Usually, like, he's like, nah, forget you. So that's how usually the other stories establish how much of an a-hole he is and how much he hates Christmas. With this from from the get-go, it's like, who is that guy? He's like, oh, that's Elliot. You know, he's like, I, I want him fired. I want everything. So he's like, and then it, it obviously we know for a fact this happens a lot because when she picks up the phone... She's like, hello? He's like, code nine. And and right there, she <laughs> says it like it's happened before. So we know for a fact he's fired so many other people. So you know, all right, he's an a-hole. Two, when he looks, he goes, what is this? He's like, oh, that's a, a drawing that my kids did. He's like, how many fingers do does Mrs. Claus have? He's like, 11. <laughs> he's like, and he like, he grabs the drawing and he crumbles it. And he's like, and then he's like, okay, I'm going to go. And he's like, no, you can't go. If I work late, you work late. And if I can't work late, then you can't work late. And if you can't work late, I can't work late. And and it's just like, it, it points to you like, all right, this guy, he's an a-hole. So it's like, I think that's why he's the, out of all the Scrooges, he's my favorite. Aside from Scrooge mm-hmm. McDuck, he's my favorite. <laughs> Scrooge McDuck. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, you know, the one character that's named off a of freaking... Scrooge is Scrooge McDuck, yeah. you know. So, yeah. so yeah. So I, I gotta say, um, I, I, other than that, the cool little thing if you see when you when his brother comes and visits, it says right there, "Cross a thing you nail people to." 
I'm on purpose. Oh, I didn't. I did not see that. At yeah, all. when his brother's like he's working out, he's on the little bike thing, and it says right there, cross a thing you nail people to. So, mm. so yeah. So, um, I like also when the when the first ghost, the Jacob Marley ghost, uh, mm. Lee Hayward, um, when he comes in and he's like, oh, you're gonna be visited by you know three ghosts. I like because in the story of a Christmas Carol, Jacob Marley has chains. And that's the thing, like, he's he's going to spend eternity with those chains. And those are supposed to be things weighing him down because he could never fully rest because of the life he lived. And that's what those chains represent. They're holding him down, and they has to carry those chains around. And I like that in order to kind of get that, capture that moment of Jacob Marley, they have him pulling around the... Oh. the What are those called? The caddy? Is that the caddy? Is that what it's um. called? Or is that the person that carries I don't know what it's called, but those things that he, he drags around and there's actually mm-hmm. chains on that. So it's kind of cool how they give their own take of him having to carry his chains around. But with mm-hmm. that, and I thought that was like a cool part. And, and, um, it, it, I don't know. It's just awesome. It's a cool moment where like he comes and he, he gets him on his throat and he's like, and even then he's like, you're going to be visited by three ghosts. He's like, ah, you know, well, I, he's like, when tomorrow He's like, oh, I'm kind of busy tomorrow, you know, and this and that. But one of the things as a kid when I was growing up, and maybe this is always like, maybe you have this question too, but remember the scene when when he he's hanging out the window and he falls mm-hmm. and then he wakes up on the chair? He turns to uh-huh. the phone and the phone starts automatically dialing. Mm-hmm. I always wondered, like, why did it do that? Is it a ghost doing that? Like, and it, it dials Claire, you know, but I always mm-hmm. like, I always like, question that part because I was like, why is it automatically dying? Like I, like I didn't get. It. I'm like, is there still a ghost in the works mm-hmm. calling her purposely, like mm-hmm. setting everything in the motion? I, I don't know. It was just like it was always one thing that bothered me. Was just like mm-hmm. kind of weird. Like, oh, it's dialing her. Why? I don't know. I did. I did like how he looked though. The J- or the Jacob Marley like character, his mm-hmm. his old boss. I I was like when I was watching the movie, I was really like really looking at the detail of like his like makeup and everything, and I was like, well, that's really good makeup for this i don't know i just really like design and then when he was holding him outside the window and you were watching like the um his hand kind of break and like the tendons and stuff and i'm gonna probably keep coming back to this but okay another dark moment like you know you're watching like a corpse hand break you know i'm like wow again this is really kind of again gruesome ish maybe for for a christmas movie i'm like oh okay it's still cool but like I was just like, oh man, like really getting the shots of like the the hand break. I was like, oh god. All but, right, so then perfect. The head. Remember the mouse when it comes out his head? Yeah. And pushes out the golf ball, and he's like, mm-hmm. ugh. That's true. Yeah. And that, see, I guarantee you, um, if this movie was made today, um, the studios would fully push to make that character CG and be floating in the air. Or yeah, something and dumb. I. God. I mean, CG is great and all, and this could be a whole another conversation. But I love, love practical effects. I love makeup, uh, you know, actual makeup. And that's so when I was looking, I'm like really admiring it because I just I love that. Yeah, and they totally would make it. They totally make them flying around. You don't need it. That's another thing that CGI is like subtlety, subtlety. You really don't need to go. I don't think you really need to go too crazy. But that's just me. So. Yeah, that's why some of the most best, uh, uh, vi- I mean, no, I'm sorry, practical effects have come from a lot of 80s movies. And I, the one I would have to say that's 
to this day, I still think, I don't care. It, yeah, it's an 80s film, but you watch it now and you're still like amazed by how awesome it is. It has to be John Carpenter's The Thing. Oh my God, yeah. Oh yeah. Those visual effects, just beautiful. Like, it mm-hmm. looks real. It doesn't look fake. Like, to me, like, you watch it and you're like, the hell did they do here like this is great and that's what studios could be doing now mm-hmm. but they don't want to because one it's cheaper to just use mm-hmm. visual, visual effects you mm-hmm. know and, and i don't know it's just and it, it, it takes a lot more time like this this you know making those puppets and and hiring you're hiring certain people to work different parts of the puppet and you're hiring the person to paint it and to to even create it and i always thought like so you got cg you got the practical effects i always and people are like, oh man, that puppet looks so fake. Even if it wasn't John Carpenter's the thing or whatever, what else? Oh man, that puppet's so fake, whatever. But it's like, yeah, but I believe that that's there. I believe that I'm looking at it. Other than I know that the CG part, yeah, CG's fake too. But like, it's I like it's not really in the room. Like mm-hmm. the puppet is in the room. I believe that it's more real. It, it freaks me out more. Like because I know that it's 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 really there. So sometimes I'm like CG is sometimes it's it's too. Like it's almost too fake for me, and other people think, "Oh, well, the puppet's too fake for me." Well, I, I rather be more freaked out of the thing that's actually in the room. And that's what happened with the remake of the thing. They, there is a version of that movie that's all practical effects with like little, like small, small percentage of CG. But it was the studio who, after watching a cut of the film, were like, they, they went back. And they they added CG over practical effects, and mm-hmm. that 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 hurt it. And I, I can't remember what what the quote was of what the studio said, but it was basically saying like, yeah, the, it, it's like to them, it's like no, nah, it, it looks too too fake. Like ah, we we want to you know spruce it up and like add mm-hmm. the cherry on top. In which doing what they did hurt the film because people were like. Oh, now it looks crappy. Like it's all CG, you know. Mm. So yeah, I don't know. So and I I respect movies too that like nowadays that do practical effects. I know it's way off topic, but that Wolf Fan movie that came out with Benicio del Toro, mm. um, they opted to do um, actual wolf makeup instead of like do, make it. I mean, I'm sure there's probably scenes where they did CG. Of course, they freaking love CG. Hollywood does, but um, I'm like. I, the the design of the wolf is awesome, and it's Rick Baker, and I I just really dig that. I'm glad that they went with that instead of just oh let's uh, new Wolfman movie let's just all throw it up to CG and stuff. So yeah. Anyway. <laughs> no 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 worries. I mean I, the, I trust me. I've I've had conversations about freaking CG and practical effects on this show many times. So fans mm-hmm. have heard it before. My my thoughts, and I always like to hear other people's views on where the visual effects is. And yeah. That, that that scene where he's hanging from the hand and then it's mm-hmm. like it's an actual arm but at one point he starts pulling on it and then yeah you see the tendons in the bone mm-hmm. and it's just like peeling away and he's like oh what the hell like and it's still like he's holding him and like i love how that's done it, it's cool it's all mm-hmm. you know and yeah now that that whole uh, that whole scene would have been cg like mm-hmm. him hanging out of the window in the back was a painting it wasn't cg it was like a painting back there matte painting pictures that mm-hmm. made it look like he was actually hanging out of the building, but yeah. that wouldn't be, that that would so be done with CG. You would see a whole cityscape in the background, like it would be completely different. This movie would be done so differently. And look, you got three ghosts in this movie. Well, four ghosts 
but you have three ghosts in this movie who all appear and it's all practical you got the the carol kane ghost of christmas present who's flying and it's just wire work mm-hmm. and and you like that's why like she's flying and and at no point are you like eh, that looks fake you're like oh yeah she's flying okay i don't even i don't even second guess that like you got the ghost of, of christmas uh uh, past and he's driving around in a taxi like that's cool the only cg that i i remember from this movie is when he drives through the milk truck right oh that's right yeah yeah in the taxi cab and yeah. that's it it's very that oh and and then when he's like he not he he goes through the door remember and then he go and he crashes mm-hmm. in the door he's like oh, i love that bit and then he punches it it's mm-hmm. only then mm-hmm. that like okay we have some cg but again very subtle mm-hmm. it's there for a little bit but the rest of it's practical. The Ghost of Christmas Future, that mm-hmm. too. It's it's a guy in in a weird costume. Though I have to admit, the rubber people kind of look yeah. pretty crappy. <laughs> yeah, and, and and there you go. Another what the hell is going on in this movie? Dark moment. Like what the heck? That was another like, what's going on? I I feel like it's trying to get at something like that. Maybe was in the the book or something. Maybe because I know in that the christmas carol with jim carrey they pull back and you see like the, the children that i was mentioning early like and i feel like that has something to do with something in the book uh-huh. maybe i don't know but like i was again i'm like whoa like that's freaky but like funny i don't know yeah um yeah I'll, like like i said that this movie is freaking like <clears throat> it, it's uh <clears throat> uh oh wait what was i gonna say okay uh, I was gonna bring up something, but I'm like, ah, that's just kind of dumb. Um, uh, again, there there are some movie, there are some moments where like, um, for and again, it is dark, but like you you see how much of an a hole is. It's like the one part when after the 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 the, the pre ghost visits Frank, and then the next day, like when when Claire comes and visits him, and Claire's like, hey, is everything all right? Like I know you, Lumpy. Like I know. You, you know that wasn't you you were scared and this is like oh no you know and then at one point he's like he's like he's like get out of here and she's like you called me and he's like what are you doing here and he grabs the kid and he's like he's like he's like answer me and he's like he's like maybe you answer a few questions downtown and then that's when grace comes he's like he's like what are you mm-hmm. doing that's my son he's like all right you beat him <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like that he's like He's like, that's my little boy. He's like, all right, well, you beat him. And I, I just always liked that. I was actually laughing pretty hard on that when I saw it. Um, it's, um, another uh, another scene that I don't know how much was real and how much was staged. Like, okay, the scene when the first ghost, he's going to visit him. You got that, that slimy other executive that comes and he's like, hey, you know... Um, when mm-hmm. he visits him at the restaurant and then he's like, yeah. he starts seeing the fire. Remember the fire? And then he runs and oh, he throws yeah, the fire. Yeah. And yeah. he's like, I'm sorry. I thought you were Richard Pryor. And he kind of laughs. And yeah. I'm like, I felt like he really wanted to laugh, you know, but the, yeah, yeah. the, the scene that I, I wish they had a director's commentary or like a special edition. Cause I want to hear what they say about this scene. But when he starts mm-hmm. walking away, he slips and falls. You know, last uh, the night that I watched that movie, I actually rewinded that part to see if it was actually like he fell and they kept it in. I I was like wanting to see if that was it, so I did rewind that because it seemed like he like slipped one time and then like slipped again. Yeah, I don't know, but 
I yeah. have no idea if they like if, if that was on purpose or not. Yeah, he slips once and then he continues walking, but then he falls completely and then he gets up all dust himself off. So I was like, I, mm-hmm. I guarantee like I felt like that had to be real. I don't know if it is, but I feel like it had to be real. Um, I think um but definitely I think my favorite part though of the movie there's a lot of good parts. Um, we only mentioned him brief- briefly. Was I, I can't say his last name. It's it's Bob. It's Bobcat Gold. Elliot. Gold. Oh, yeah, Bobcat the, uh, yeah. Goldweight or whatever, right? Goldweight. Yeah. Anyway, the Goldweight? Elliot. Yeah. Um, he, the end part where so he this whole time he's you know he gets fired. His wife leaves him. He starts drinking, but even when he tries to drink, his you know he can't like it falls out of the bag, uh, breaks. So he can't. The guy cannot get a break. And um, at the end, he just kind of goes, you know, ballistic and he's got the gun and he's going through, he's going for, um, you know, Bill Murray. And that whole, with him, with him and the gun is hilarious to me. I don't know. I just think it, you know, when he's like, can you give me a running start? You know, and he's shooting him. I just thought, I don't know. That's like my, I think that's my favorite part of the movie. And when he's, when he's got the gun at the end too, and he's holding him all hostage at the yeah. end of the movie. <laughs> I, I love that part. Love it. He that guy is hilarious to me. I like when he's like, "Hey, I don't hear any partying up there." And then he shoots <laughs> yeah, yeah, the yeah. gun. And then I like that Asian lady who's like crying and trying to dance. <laughs> yeah, and she's like dancing but like crying. Oh yeah. And when he gets the love phone, that. he's like, "I want to talk to whoever's in charge." He's like, "Uh, oh, this guy. Uh, he's a. He's a. You're a flatulent butthead. A butthead." <laughs> He's like, yeah, and he said he looks at you a certain way or whatever. And then I love because the next scene, he kicks a cat. Oh, man. <laughs> he kicks a cat. Oh, I know. Yeah, and he loves his cat. <laughs> yeah, and I love that because his wife, like, she's like, oh, and he just, like, he's like, oh, butthead. And he gets all mad. And he just, bah, kicks a cat. And you hear the cat go, Row! and I was like, dude, my other cat just, like, killed his cat. Like, so I thought that was funny. But, yeah, Bobcat. Okay, I got to ask you a question on this because... When he starts talking about how horrible his day was, okay, based on what happened before, we don't see any of this. But before he gets fired, he's obviously high in the higher ups, you know, like he's up mm-hmm. there. He he's in the boardroom with Frank and it seems like he's a good worker. He's, he's he, 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 he he has a job. So how much of a devoted wife? is this wife because yeah he gets fired and she leaves him and that's what caused him to go drunk because he said Mm -hmm. the moment that he said his wife left him and took his baby girl uh uh with her you know i like when he says that with her and then he shoots um Mm -hmm. at that point yeah yeah. he says i don't remember anything else afterwards because he was completely drunk from that point forward but why would like why would his wife leave like if like she well, was fired. I don't know. I mean, like by by the way, like his character is like very, uh, you know, kind of wimp, wimpy, not standing up for himself. Like I don't know how he even made it up to the like you're saying up to the top ranks. Yeah. He probably yeah just probably things going on behind like breaking him down. Like he already looks like he's been like kind of broke down before that, and that was his. He you know he's never. I think in the movie it, it kind of mentions that like he never has mentioned anything to him before. He and he finally gets up the courage to say something that he like, you know, he he's trying to like that he means and everything. Yeah. And uh, and that you know, and he gets the like worst response back, and it and it just like fried him. 
Yeah, you know what? You're you're right about that. I'm. I mean, maybe yeah. Like his wife was just like, he's like, wow. Oh, he's like, you can't stand that person. I, I mean, who knows what could happen? But yeah, I mean, yeah. it just sucks that all we know is that she left him with the kid, and it's just like because he got fired. Mm-hmm. If, I mean, if it was a like a someone who truly cared, man or woman, they would have been like, oh, that sucks. You got fired. Don't worry. We're gonna be okay. We're gonna get through this. But instead, she just mm-hmm. bails out on the guy. And he just goes into a downward spiral. And next thing you know, yeah, he shows up with a shotgun and tries to kill mm-hmm. him. You know? Uh, yeah, so he's, 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 uh, he was probably already, like, mentally, like, at the snapping point uh, when that happened. So, yeah. in my opinion. So, why didn't he notice the Ghost of Christmas Future? Because there's a scene when it's, as they're wa- he's watching the Christmas Carol live in his office, just drinking. The Ghost mm-hmm. of Christmas Future... Stick his sticks his hands out to get Frank. He's about to get him, and the door opens, and he goes, "Honey, I'm home." And he sees him, and and like I and then the hand pulls away. I felt like if he would have walked in, he would have seen the hand, and he would have been mm-hmm. like, "What the hell is that?" You know? Yeah. I I, I mean maybe because he's all drunk that could explain it, but I figure he yeah. should have seen the. Or person. maybe I don't know. Maybe it's just all part of you know, in Bill Murray's head. And maybe it's just stuff that Bill Murray could just see himself. Oh, yeah. Because that's the thing. Like, uh, no one else could see any of this. It was always just him. Yeah, so he's, like, seeing eyeballs in his drink. He's seeing guys on fire. Nobody else. Everybody's like, what's wrong with you? You're right. I forgot. Okay, yeah, I forgot about that. Because that's when he he orders the drink. And when he shows up, he starts screaming, like, ah! You know, and then that's when he, like, looks at him and this and that. And he's like eyeing him like look look he's like i am so sorry sir and then he's like i'll have 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 why does he keep saying have over and over i never understood that (laughs) that was another scene along with like you know the ghost kicking him and stuff and like other another like odd scene like that movie like him like in the movie him freaking out and everything and like like you said the guy saying like the words over and over again like whoa what like weird part of the movie like to me again like (laughs) Yeah, because he repeats when he shows up. He's like, hey, you know, I'm here. He's like, oh, you know, my grandfather's wife. That, like, guy, oh. that guy looked familiar, and I could be totally wrong, but that guy looked a lot like the guy that plays um, the guy in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure that plays, um, oh, I wish I could remember the name again, but um, Socrates. It looked a lot like the guy. I could it be is. totally wrong. Is it? Okay. Yeah, it is. Like, it is Socrates. Why does that... Why does that dude look so familiar? And now when we were just mentioning, I'm like, okay, that guy, he, he looks just like that guy, so. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is the, the, he's just obviously, he's a bit bigger. And, or, you know what? Uh, we should probably look it up because we could be saying it completely. <laughs> we could. Yeah, it's true. Because um, Bill and Ted came out before and that he had like a bigger part. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it just come out. Ooh. I guess so. But then again, uh, while Bill and Ted was filmed before, but it wasn't released until the same time. Because I know Bill and Ted was shelved for like a year or two. Because they shot it, Mm -hmm. I think, in 85. And then it wasn't released till like, I think, 87. I can't remember or or, or so. Okay. Yeah, it was. So, I mean, I I don't know. But 
But yeah, that scene, because he's like, are you him? Are you him? Are you he, sir? Like, just being like like a proper, like, uh-huh. you know, like almost like a grammar Nazi of the time. And then, right. but then afterwards, I don't get why he keeps saying, he's like, I'll have, he goes, have, I'll have, have. Like, I don't get why he keeps saying have, have over and over. I never understood mm-hmm. that. Like, how is he correcting him there? He's saying have, and he's saying have. He's like, have, 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 have. I, I don't know. Um, I, I, I find that weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see. What you call it? Um, I guess, uh, uh you know, that, that's at, towards the end of my notes, actually. It seems yeah. like. I have a few. I'm trying to look. I'm trying to look up and see if it is that guy. Okay. Um, I don't know though. We, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Well, um, I guess little things is uh little cool cameos. It looks like Buck the dog is in the movie. The part where it's the Ghost of Christmas Present and they they visit his brother and there's a dog barking. That looks like Buck the dog from Married with Children. Mm-hmm. Um, also too, uh. There's a scene, if you watch it, you could fast forward and rewind it. The scene when the fake Ghost of Christmas Future first shows up. Because remember when he's walking to the elevator and he's walking with that schmarmy guy who's the mm-hmm. who's the head executive or whatever, or the building owner from Goon, uh, Gremlins 2. Uh, it's oh, the, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And then he's walking with Grace. When the elevator opens, he screams. He goes, oh, all right, take me. When he goes up like that, he elbows Grace in the face. Like you see her go boom, like and I, I fast, mm-hmm. I rewound, slowed it step by step, and he literally elbows her in the face. In which mm-hmm. the following scenes, I guess, because sometimes when you're shooting, you have to recreate whatever the last scene was. So she's again holding her face in the remaining scenes, but he nails her in the face pretty hard, and, and that was not planned. I know that for a fact because he he hits her hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but uh, I guess I like I like that character though. I don't know if we mentioned him that much, but the guy who's trying to like take over his his um, position kind of in the company and stuff. Yeah, I like that a-hole. actor. He's the perfect a hole too. Like he's 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 almost like a Frank Cross, but he all he wants to do is get rid of this guy. He's like you know mm-hmm. take take over the company. So so yeah. Um, all in all, is like the one thing I never understood in a Christmas Carol is. Why? Why is dying of an old uh, old age bad? Because yeah, I, yeah, I was thinking about that too. Yeah, like because that the future. It's in the future. I mean, what happens with Claire is pretty effed up. Like because that's a great scene. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that is an is awesome good. scene. When before the future part, it's in, it, it, when he visits her. He's like, oh, it happened again. And he's just and that. And she's like, here. He's mm-hmm. like, want to go get something to eat? Some Chinese food? Yeah, we'll go. And then that's when the ladies come and they're like. He's like, the, the turkeys never showed up. And then he's like, and you go to the A and P. And, you, you know, if you can't find it, you die, look under the A. And if you not, you look under the P. And he's like, mm-hmm. he's like, these are big girls, real big girls. And, you know, they could do it on their own and this and that. And then she's like, no, hold on. Just give me a minute. And he's like, no. And he's like, he's like, just for you. Like, no, just. And I mean, you could tell how much this woman still cares for this man. She's so in love, especially that scene. Like, even though you, we're watching two actors. I feel like that's such a real, like, a scene. Like, you see how this guy's such an a-hole, but this woman is still, like, even though so many years have passed by, in which, in, to his account, it's 15 years from the last time they spoke, mm-hmm. he chose his career over her, in which that's the story of A Christmas Carol. But right here, you know, he chose Frisbee the dog over Claire, you know, the way. Um, mm-hmm. And he's like, he's like, I, he's like, I know my future, and I know where I'm going, and I know what's going on. He's like, hey, Frank. He's like, what's going on? I love that little scene. But mm-hmm. 
with 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 her like she never married she never anything so she always still had love for him but that scene where he's like you know no 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 he's like he's like forget it. he's like he's like you know he's like one thing you have to learn he's like save yourself you know mm-hmm. uh he's like and because damn it i don't i can't remember the life verbatim but i know he does say you know save yourself um and he's like stop trying to save everybody else save yourself or whatever mm-hmm. and and then the, the 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 line where she's like merry christmas like she's all heartbroken and sad and she says merry christmas and i love that part where he just goes bah humbug like that was cool mm-hmm. to throw that in there and he leaves yeah. but then um later on in the future yeah like that's such a messed up scene where like she's like oh he's, he's she's like oh but they're just children he's like he's like yeah they're just children but it's like people like that he's like you know someone once told me you know save yourself you know and mm-hmm. and it's like pretty messed up it's like wow and then you know the kid we don't really see much of the kid he just ends up in a sane asylum because he's not talking yeah. but he seriously could be the next batman because he saw his parent his dad die in front of him yeah <laughs> <laughs> like that's one thing like like he stopped talking because he saw his dad die in front yeah. of him so I was like, damn, that's pretty dark. Like, That's grim, yeah. Like that little kid, I'm like, dude, this guy either one could be a mute for the rest of his life or he could be yeah. saving the city as Batman, you know? So <laughs> <laughs> like, I realized, I'm like, man, this little kid's the next Bruce Wayne. Um, but yeah, but when, when we cut to his, his future, he's dead. But why is that bad? Because it's like, he's old. His brother's obviously old. He has gray hair, has a mustache. I don't know why having a mustache makes him old, but he's old, obviously. And and if that were me, like, say I'm Frank, I'd be like, oh, I'm dead. I guess I died of an old man. Like, you know, like, even if, if, like, he still died at an old age. So why is that bad? Like, I never understood that scene. Why is it that they freak out? at the at the final the final vision because like in other in other um like versions of it uh what my favorite uh which is scrooge with albert finney when you get to the end they show that you know they go to his grave like in all the other versions like that and but in that version he falls through his grave and ends up in hell and shows what his hell is going to be like and then he he really freaks out and that then that makes sense because he's like like you know you know that you know when he goes to hell it's gonna be this miserable existence and of course the hellish nightmare kind of thing but yeah like you're saying like oh. it's just like yeah and other other um versions i think they've they've done that yeah um but yeah it is odd it's like yeah eventually you're gonna die like did he did he die too early like or you know like he's like don't burn me don't burn me he's like well you're dead you're just getting creamy like what's but then they switch to him actually being in the coffin showing him being burned and Which back I, to I practical know, effects. Back to perfect, the practical yeah. effects. He's he his feet are actually on fire. That is Bill Murray screaming, and his feet are on fire. Uh-huh. That's so cool. Like you obviously yeah, they're yeah. covered with that weird goo right, gel yeah. liquid. But it, I mean that mm-hmm. was so cool. I mean, all in all, this movie is a freaking awesome movie. Uh, th- again, this movie was directed by um, Richard Donner, <clears throat> starred Bill Murray, you know Karen Allen, uh, Bobcat, great. Uh, David Johansson plays the ghost of Christmas past who who's uh you know the singer from the New York Dolls also the guy who sings the freaking you know we're feeling happy singing hot 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 but um that that's that that's that um that character was actually supposed to go to um what's that comedian who yells all the time he was in back to school oh um Sam King Kenny, yeah, Ken, um, uh, Christ, what's his name? Kennison, Sam Kennison. He was supposed yeah. to play it, 
but because David Johansson was friends with Bill Murray, uh, David Johansson got the part because he was friends, and obviously with Bill Murray. But I know Bill Murray wasn't happy with this movie. He said working with Donner, they just clashed all the time. So Murray wasn't... I, I, I wish we could get a, a special edition of this movie. I would so love to hear the behind the scenes. Like I would love to hear what Murray thinks about this film now because at that time he wasn't happy. Uh, the movie... Uh, was a budget of 32 million and it made 60 million so it was a hit in theaters um but last thing i gotta say about this movie and in which i wish movies wouldn't do this um is well the way the movie ends uh i like i don't know man his acting is really well done like like at the end when he he has his realization and he's in front of everybody talking he's like you could he's talking and he's almost like he's starting to tear up and I'm like, damn, like, how real is this? Like, he, he, that's acting right there. Like, he makes it seem like this character was real and he just woke up. Like, and, 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 like, just the way Bill Murray delivers that whole monologue is freaking amazing. Like, I love that scene. Like, at the end, when he's just talking to the camera, he's like, he's like, you could, you know, take someone or you could call up an old army buddy or this and that. Like, that whole scene is amazing. Like, I, I really love that scene. Mm-hmm. It, it's just it's, it's freaking awesome um but i just don't like at the end when everybody's singing like put a little uh, or it kind of it breaks the fourth wall kind of yes yeah. but like feed me Shima, feed me come on let's hear it for all you folks out there come on you don't know the words come on come on let's hear it from this side of the theater come on just over here doesn't work out when you're watching it at home by yourself <laughs> it, <laughs> yeah, wor- yeah. it works in the theater but like movies that do that like they really need to do two endings they need to do they need to do that for like the theater release but then they should have a second ending and omit that and just for the home audience because it's weird when you're like watching like i could on i mean i could only think of two other movies that did this i know there's more movies but Mm-hmm. Only two come to mind because I recently watched them because they're on TV and I was bored. One was Spice World, and at the end, oh yeah, yeah. they do that and they're like talking to the audience and stuff, and mm-hmm. that's weird when you're at home. And another oh, and, one is and Ferris Bueller does that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Ferris Bueller, he goes up to the camera and he's like, "You're still here, like go home." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forget that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then Fat Albert did that too because he he goes like, "Hey everybody, I'm here to save you." So it's kind of like, don't do that. Like, change the ending so that when you're at home, maybe he's the you know you're I don't know. I I, I it's it's just weird like that. I always found that scene weird where he's like tallying everybody. He's like, "All right, everybody's singing." He's like, "You you the one making noise through the whole movie." You know, mm-hmm. like it's just uh, that's the only part that takes me out of the movie. I get he breaks the fourth wall, but. It's just so weird because the whole movie you're watching and then boom, that that ending is just so like crap. Like, I don't know. I, I just hate that little part right there. Like, it's mm-hmm. just weird. I don't know. It takes me out. But all in all, great movie. Any final thoughts on the film? 
Um, Final Thoughts, it's it's a good movie. Like I said, dark, kind of a di- different take on Scrooge. Not Obviously not traditional in any way. I think they did a good job um, modernizing it for that time. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, I like, I just really like the movie. It's good. I just, yeah, it's good. Awesome. <laughs> cool. All right. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, our, our uh, little cool talk over about Scrooge. And now, uh, we'll get into really quickly. We'll talk about another, one of my favorite Christmas movies. Um, this film all in all, like I, I, this one I actually watched yesterday just to get caught up again. Um, and great movie and this is it's literally at the tail end of the 80s and this one is 1989's National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation oh, freaking love this movie mm-hmm. so uh, you you could go first what thoughts on this film go first. Uh, thoughts on this film uh, well I've, I've watched this a lot more than Scrooge uh, this I watched I probably every year since I was young, I, my dad was obsessed with this movie. This is a movie you can, you, everybody can quote, you know, like there's t-shirts, you know, I don't know. It's, it's great, but yeah, it's definitely, I don't know. It's definitely the more modern Christmas uh, classic. Yeah. Um, so no, I just, this movie I can quote a lot. It's, that's it's that kind of movie. favorite favorite quote then from this movie um oh my god okay so anything i was just quoting it yesterday anything that um his i guess it's the the aunt and uncle you got the I, her name she's the one she does um she's the, actually the voice actress of betty boop oh okay yeah uh yeah so she um she's like their their great aunt she like totally she wraps up the cat and she <laughs> the you know jello she mold. the jello mold. those that's another part anything like with her i love um but like when she first gets to the house and she's like clock is your house on fire and like <laughs> is rusty still in the navy i always say is rusty still in the navy um, <laughs> yeah it's uh you know arthur art smith and francis smith yeah um they are great and then you know obviously like i said um when she wraps up the uh, jello mold and he takes his finger and takes the jello or she takes the wife the wife of Chevy Chase takes it and the crazy uh cousin Eddie licks it and he's like mm, it's lamb like I, I love that <laughs> he's like why don't you go over there and he's like come on Rusty let's go find your sister and I, and I, then, uh... but the part when she walks in it does make me laugh because I, I love that scene where he's like oh you know you know, Fran- you know, and Francis, you didn't have to do that. He's like, did I break wind? <laughs> like, no, do you see the room clearing out? It's the present. You didn't have... Like, I love the relationship with the husband and wife. Oh, like, yeah, hilarious. He's like, he's like, I think since this is, you know, Francis's 80th uh, Christmas, I think she should do Grace. And then she just, like, looks, like, all confused. And she's like, race the the his mom, and the then she's like, blessing. He's like, he's like, oh, Grace, she died thirty years ago. And then he's like, he's, <laughs> he's like, they want you to say Grace. And then she like shakes her head all cute, like no. He's like, the blessing. <laughs> and then she does the the freaking what is it, the Pledge of Allegiance? Ah, oh, dude, I love. It. She's so cute. Like I, I love that. 
He's like, oh, yeah. what's that squeaky sound? <laughs> he's like, you couldn't hear a dump truck driving through a nitroglycerin plant. You know, and he's like, no, no, I hear it too. Yeah, she, she's she's great. And that was her last movie. That sucks. Cause oh, okay. After that, she yeah. died. Is your house on fire, Claw? No, Bethany, those are Christmas lights. Don't throw me down, Claw. I'll try not to, Aunt Bethany. Is this the airport, Claw? We're here. Hey, Grizz. Me and Bethany figured out the perfect gift for you. Oh, Uncle Lewis, you didn't have to buy me anything. Damn it, Bethany, he guessed it. Oh, that was fun. I love riding in cars. When did you move to Florida? Ellen, are you still dating Clark? Oh, Aunt Bethany. You know, you shouldn't have done that. Oh, dear. Did I break wind? Jesus, did the room clear out, Bethany? Hell no, she means presents. You shouldn't have brought presents. <laughs> it isn't every day somebody moves into a new house. They didn't move into a new house. Um, Mom? In the living room, Russ. <laughs> this house is bigger than your old one. Is Rusty still in the Navy? Aunt Bethany, why don't you go with Francis and Catherine yeah. into the living room and say hello to everybody? Hello, everybody. Just in the living room. I should say it. You should say it. Uh, hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Mom? What? This box is meowing. Let me see it. She wrapped up her damn cat. Take it in the kitchen and open it up. Then we'll have a cat running around the house. You can't leave it in the box. Why would somebody wrap up a cat in a box? She gets confused, Rusty. She's old. She and Uncle Lewis don't have much money, so she takes things from around the house, wraps them up, gives them away as presents. Great. Can't wait to see what I got. Listen here. Uh, it's leaking. It's lying. That would be her jello mold. I'll yeah. take it, Eddie. Why don't you go back in the living room and enjoy yourself, Russ? Oh, boy. <laughs> Let's go find your sister. <laughs> and I also like so she wrapped up the she wrapped up the uh, jello mold and then she also you know wrapped up the cat and I love it. He's like she wrapped up her damn cat and you're just like Rawr! and he like shakes oh. the box. Like, I love that. And he's like, why does he keep shaking it afterwards? That's like, like he knows. Rawr, rawr. Yeah, and he'll be like, and he's like, Rawr! and he stops it, and then he shakes it again, and then he stops it, yeah, yeah. and then he shakes it again. Like, oh, I love that. It, that Again, that whole film, like, if, if you say you could quote lines, can you, are you able to quote his monologue when he goes crazy? Oh, yeah. Can you actually do it? No, but I remember as a kid, like, that fascinated me, so I, so nerdy, I printed it out, like, all what he said <laughs> once, and I went down to my parents, and I was like, I have to tell you guys something. <laughs> it, I just read it off like he did, you know, and yeah. I was like, hallelujah, where's the Tylenol, you know, yeah. the whole thing. And they were like, oh, okay, like, they're like, why did you do that? I just thought, because I just thought that whole part was hilarious. But no, I can't. I cannot rattle that whole thing off. Oh, I love that thing because he he just he's cursing up a storm. But I mean, the way he's like the last part, he's like, "Hallelujah, holy shit!" He's like, "Where's the might all?" And then he just yeah. walks away. And I was like, <laughs> even I, like I I said I watched it and I laughed so loud because I'm like, dude, that is so classic. Like breakdown and then he just loses it and he walks off. And I like Frank Shirley, my boss, right here tonight. 
I want him brought from his happy holiday slumber over there in Melody Lane with all the other rich people. And I want him brought right here with a big ribbon on his head. And I want to look him straight in the eye and I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey shit he is. Hallelujah. Holy shit. Where's the Tylenol? And then the other part too is when he's like, "Oh, what is it?" Because he talks about that. He's like, "He's like, where are you going? Nobody's living." And he's like, "No." And he's like, "He's like, ah, he's like, I think you know, Christmas is over." He's like, "Not according to Santa's watch." And he says something. He's like, something about Bing Crosby, you know, tap dancing, dancing with uh, Danny fucking K. Yeah, and then <laughs> yeah. that's when he's like, he's like, and when Santa shoves his big fat ass down the chimney, he's gonna see the biggest. <laughs> Uh, assholes this side of uh, the, the, the nut house like yeah <laughs> yeah seriously a like, bunch of assholes like... this side of the nut house I, seriously like his moments where he like flips out is great where do you think you're going nobody's leaving nobody's walking out on this fun old fashioned family Christmas no no we're all in this together this is a full blown four alarm holiday emergency here we're gonna press on and we're gonna have the hap hap happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap dance with Danny fucking K. And when Santa squeezes his fat white ass down that chimney night, he's gonna find the jolliest bunch of assholes this side of the nut house. Um the the and movie that, Huh? That movie like I don't know, hits home to me because like the whole point to I well to that movie is he's just wants to have a nice good Christmas with his family yeah. like everybody wants to have and it just turns into this disastrous you know thing and like as you know as a viewer you're like okay I, you, we all want to have good Christmases we all want to have you know nice but like of course things you know your cousin you know can't make it out or you're you know you forgot to buy some. you know it, you can totally identify with it because you every movie and this is why this movie is so funny because every movie is this like idyllic um perfect christmas and that's not how it always goes and you can like understand like how great people get crazy around christmas i mean crazy i mean not to bring up another movie but jingle all the way trying to get that toy <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know people yeah. go insane around christmas time so it's hilarious to watch you know something that you could totally identify with and i always just thought that was such an issue because it's like yeah you go people go nuts you go nuts that your christmas isn't going as planned yeah yeah because that's all that's all he's trying to do is mm -hmm. uh yeah just have a happy like a family christmas it's like like that's why like i love how um it plays off from like the first film the first one because this is actually the third of the what what is a four theme? There's you, the you've got um, the first well, one was. Um, well, I, I know meaning like when there's four, like say when there's four babies born. What is that called? Is that quintuplets or what? Or oh, because uh, I know there's a there's obviously like you know a sequel. There's the you know the trilogy, but what do they when, call? Oh, a quartet. Court. It's something quartet. I mean. That's that, four. What it would be? Well, because uh, uh, I mean, yeah, this is the third one from the from the what you would call it um, the the National Lampoon's Vacation films. Yeah. So, because <laughs> I know we had the first one is National Lampoon's Vacation, then we had National Lampoon's 
Christmas vacation. I mean, a, a, a European yeah. vacation. Then we had Not National Lampoon. the weakest one, in my opinion. Yeah, you're right. That is the weakest yeah. one. Though, I, I like some of the music. But the mm-hmm. the one thing about the... Oh, and then the last one is, is Vegas Vacation. Sadly, this mm-hmm. is the only song... Song, I'm sorry. Only movie that doesn't feature the Lindsay Buckingham song, Holiday Road. And that yeah. that breaks my heart. I get it why it, it wouldn't be featured because the other three films revolve around them being on the road places. driving. So mm-hmm. it makes sense to be playing that freaking Holiday Road. You know, I like that freaking song. It's so like <laughs> cheesy 80s, yeah. but I love it. It's, not, it's like so great for... And I love how they featured it in Vegas Vacation. And it's ser- mm-hmm. it, it, it better be... In the new vacation movie, it, it it has to be in there. Are they are they planning for that? No, it's already it's already almost done. They're in post production. What it what's the theme like? What's it about? It's it's Rusty trying to have a, a family vacation with his kids, and yes, Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo will be in this film. So Clark and Ellen Griswold will be in this film, but it's more focused on Rusty trying to do his version of a family vacation to go oh, okay. to. Rusty. To, I mean, it sounds almost like a remake because they're going to Wally World. So he wants to take them to Wally World, his own family. So, um, so it's kind of, who do they have for Rusty? Do you know? Um, what's his name? Did you ever watch The Office? Yeah. Okay. He he was the the boss at the end. What's his name? He was in The Hangover. Also, Ed, Hel- Ed Helms. Ed Helms. Yeah, he's playing Rusty. Okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> So I, I, I know with that, um, it, it's funny because I, I feel like this movie is more like the the movie you're all about because you're way more talkative about this film than I have been so far. Like with Scrooge, you're like, yeah, Scrooge and this and that. Yeah. But this one, you're like, boom, right away. You're like, yeah, yeah, Christmas vacation. This is this and that. Like it seems like this is the yeah. movie, your movie. Well, I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't grow up really watching Scrooge, um, or Scrooge a lot. Like, I, I remember watching it, um, as a kid, and then, like, as I, just recently, as I got older, I had more appreciation for it, um, but the Christmas Vacation, like, I would watch that over and over and over and over again when it wasn't even Christmas time. Yeah. So, yeah, and, you know, my, my parent, my parents, um... I don't know. They didn't really do. They didn't watch Scrooge himself, but they, um, but they loved that movie. And all my friend, like I had a friend who would watch it with me all the time. We'd quote it to each other. So yeah, I mean, definitely grew up with that movie for sure. Isn't the the intro song such a great like '80s like song? <laughs> oh, I know. It's yeah. like so like with the little like the the freaking you know they have like some keyboards <laughs> and like electronic drums and bass mm-hmm. like. I, I like I love that song. I mean, it's so yeah, like yeah, and it has that interesting kind of like cartoon in the beginning of it too, which I think is like oh, that's kind of weird. I always liked that as a kid though. Yeah, but Santa's such a dick in that. Like, yeah. let me explain the reason why he's such a dick. Okay, <clears throat> throughout the whole thing, he's kind of like having the trouble trying to get one. He destroys their chimney. All right, so imagine after the moment when Clark wakes up because he's visiting the Griswolds. Right, first off, he's horrible at keeping track because second to the last name is the Griswold. So he visited the house afterwards. So he completely skipped their house. When he visits their house, he, one, destroys their chimney. So that's the first issue. He destroys their chimney. So when Clark wakes up, he's going to have to fix, completely remodel the chimney. Two, he when he leaves, he slides down the, the lights and he pops all the lights. So... Mm-hmm. 
their Christmas lights are gone. But the number one issue that makes Santa such an a-hole in this scene is that when he the light turns on, he pulls out the little candy cane cell phone, in which that's like an early version of the cell phone. You know, that's bad. Like, yeah, he was, yeah, yeah. He's like talking all to, to Rudolph. Rudolph goes and gets him. He sees a couch and he sees like uh like the the whatever like the the sunroof panel thing whatever it's called. He jumps out, but he crashes through the roof and leaves a hole in the roof and he escapes. <laughs> he just left a like what the hell Santa you just left a how, imagine how much it's going to cost to fix a hole in a roof. Like he huh. just destroyed their house. Like how the hell like that sucks. He's going to wake up because he was obviously awake. Clark is going to walk downstairs and be like, what the hell? There's a hole in my roof. Like, Santa is a dick. Like, he, he leaves presents, but he leaves holes in your in your roof. Like, that's so messed up. Yeah, it's a great cartoon, but Santa's such an a-hole in that. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, when the movie starts off, like, do you know any parents that do that? Like, when they're in the car... They've done this in the other movies, but, like, Clark is always singing in the car, and they're, like, singing Christmas songs, and both the kids are in the back, like, annoyed. Like, is there, do you know anybody that is actually like that? Yeah, my dad. Oh, really? (laughs) Oh, yeah, that whole, that whole first scene, that's why, again, this movie hits home to me, because that whole first scene, my dad is loud and obnoxious, just like, you know, his character. But my dad, yeah, my dad will start, uh, singing randomly, there are people like that. Um, another, yeah, no, like that. There's another line that I love where he's singing the song. It's like follow la and he's like take a rest. <laughs> like I love that part. <laughs> and then he says nothing, and then he just continues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. love that part. <laughs> but, yeah, and then that whole scene with him, they're driving in the car, you know, to go get the Christmas tree, and he's, you know, getting tailgated and everything, and um, you know, <laughs> my dad is exactly the same way instigator you know so and my mom's freaking out we every time (laughs) me me and my parents every time we watch that it's like oh there's my dad there's my mom like freaking out like i don't spend the holidays dead you know that whole part so yeah that there are people like that there are people that randomly start singing in the car to annoy their children there are people like that (laughs) so wow like seriously i i i regret not starting off with this movie first because you're like like it, it seems like this film like you said like it is it, it almost like you're like hey it's my life like i mean it's funny oh, that God, the whole yeah. intro scene was your freaking like it's like this has happened like yeah this goes on like that's my dad singing the song dude that's freaking mm-hmm. hilarious and mm-hmm. going back to the cg you know if this movie was made today him driving under the truck all cg uh-huh. It would have, and I love how they did that, like how they pulled that off. Like they had to be perfectly timed for that car to pull under. Yeah, and and I, I mean I love that scene. I know afterwards it's on a track, like it's yeah, it, when yeah. they're the the inside of the car, but when you see the outside, the wide shots, it's a car actually driving under yeah. a truck. Like that's freaking awesome. Yeah. Uh, I love that. Um, but it, it's hilarious that because I, I would that's a question I had. Like I wanted to ask you, like do you know oh, yeah. anybody like that? And I love that you're like, yeah, that's my dad. <laughs> oh yeah, that's my dad, and I'm sure if I ever have kids, it'll be what hell I am. I'm sure, <laughs> just randomly bothering your children by just singing, blaring in their ear. Yeah. Oh yeah. So all right, so I had I, I want to let's see if you can help me figure this out. Okay, why do the neighbors get such a bad rap? What do they do wrong? What's bad about them? Because the first time we're introduced to them is when they get home. Uh, the the Griswolds get home from getting the tree. 
and and Clark has a chainsaw. They get home and they make a joke about the lar- the large tree in the yard. That's all they yeah. do. Yeah. And then he says like, "Hey, you know, it looks like that tree." He's like, "Where are you gonna fit a tree that big?" That's all he says. He's trying to be yeah. a friendly neighbor, but joking like, because it's yeah. such a huge tree. He's asking like, and he's like, he's like, "Why don't you bend over and I'll show you?" And then yeah, he's like, yeah. "You got a lot of nerve saying that." He's like, "I wasn't talking to you." One, he's like right here I'm <laughs> insulting gonna... his wife. <laughs> exactly. The yeah. real assholes in this movie is is Clark. He's the a hole. These neighbors yeah. do nothing wrong whatsoever. I mean, all the issues they go through. It's like, why are they such a holes? Because they're rich. They're snobby. Like, like they're, yeah, they're they, snobby. I think. Yeah. But they don't really come off snobby. It's just because they have a lot of good things that makes them. Because honestly, let's think about the neighbors right now. Let's let's focus on them. Why are they bad? There's nothing bad about them. Like, there's one point where like they get done working out, and he's like, he wants to like you know have the sexy time with her, and she's like, no, after we take a shower. Well, that's normal. I think people, some people are like, I want to shower. I feel nasty. I feel dirty. Yeah, yeah. So, are they, like right there, I know the writers are trying to make you want to hate them. But when mm-hmm. I saw that scene, I'm like, hey, it would make sense. I want to take a shower too. So why is that bad? Another mm-hmm. thing too, when they're like, hey, we don't have any Christmas. <clears throat> we don't have a Christmas tree. We should have gotten one. Well, where are we going to get one now? And then, bah, the, the, the tree smashes through the window. Again, mm-hmm. because they don't have a Christmas tree, that makes them bad. Like, they don't do anything bad in this movie. Like, honestly, yeah. I saw nothing wrong. The bad guy was Clark. And they could have called the cops because, again, he's like, I'm not going to go over there and just slug him in the face. Well, I'm glad he didn't because if he would have, Clark could easily just called the cops on him and filed mm-hmm. assault charges on him. Like, mm-hmm. they should have called the cops and be like, our neighbor just broke our window. Like, we saw him drag a tree into his house. Clark, they would have gotten arrested. They would have gotten in trouble because they broke property. They caused property damage to their house. So, again, the, I honestly believe the neighbors are not in the wrong whatsoever. They're, they're only made wrong is because they're seen as rich. And they were into, like, all that weird 80s, like, decor. Oh, that is... I know that when they show that inside part, I'm like, oh man, beautiful, outdated '80s yeah. pastels, and like, I'm like, oh, that's amazing. But they're not bad. Like, honestly, can, what can you tell me? Like, can can like seriously, if you think about it, are they're not? I don't know. Bad? Like, I guess like I don't know. From like growing up, like from my point of view, I'm like, oh, they're just like snotty. They're not like having fun. I don't know. Like, I guess you're right. Like they ne- they don't never do anything wrong. But like, I don't know. I feel like. It kind of they make them up like they're just like so they're like they seem like that they're better than him and stuff but yeah you're right they really don't do anything wrong yeah like 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 i said i i i I, I saw nothing with like the neighbors like whatsoever you know i don't know It, it was it again it's 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 not fair for them to to Clark causes all the issues like remember when they get home and they're like he's trying to like figure out why the stereo is broken and then he's like he's like why is the floor wet Todd I don't know Margaret or whatever like like I mean I I guess it's um it, it like again they're they're just trying to make them out to be rich and snobby but mm-hmm. in rea- reality like I saw nothing wrong with the neighbors so again yeah this movie make it they they point out if you're rich you're you're an a-hole and you're evil yet i i saw nothing of that in these people Mm -hmm. 
the, the it was the film that was trying to make him look bad. But at no, but they they just had to deal with a horrible neighbor, and that was Clark Griswold. So mm-hmm. again, the the film, the they, their depiction is just it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's see. All right. Um, because a, a lot of my notes is really like uh, I mean we kind of talked a lot about the film, but when when yeah. it comes to here's another thing I haven't. All right. I I need to get your opinion on this. Um, like see where you stand on this. Why? Like, I feel this film truly excuses how much of a bad husband Clark is. Okay, remember the first film? He gets in a fight with Ellen, and he run. He goes down to the bar. Well, throughout the whole movie, he was he was totally checking out a girl in the car. Remember that the mm-hmm. in the red car, mm-hmm. and he goes to the bar, and then he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm single. Yeah, you know, whatever." He doesn't even say he's married. And then the girl wants to go skinny dipping. And he decides to go skinny dipping. At that moment, he screams all crazy, wakes everybody up, right? Mm-hmm. But if he didn't scream, was he, he was already planning. It looked like he, I mean, he was basically already cheating. Because he already said, like, I'm not married. So, like, and in this film, like, he's, like, right away flirting with that girl. Like, he goes mm-hmm. and she shows up. And he starts flirting with her. And... And he's like, you know, he's like, oh, you're buying something for my wife. He's like, oh, no. He's like, is she dead? He's like, no, no, no. He's like, well, ex-wife, we're divorced. Right away, boom. He just said he's divorced. Yeah, so, I used to think, like, that was an odd part in the movie, like, where he, I was like, why is he fully on, like, denying that he's married? Like, I was like, that, that is odd. I didn't, I was like, that's weird. Yeah, like, see, that's why, like, like, if, if, it, like, based on that, like, if, if like I was married and and if I heard my wife say that, I would mm-hmm. get so heartbroken. Like imagine mm-hmm. if you were married or in a relationship, regardless, either married or just in a relationship, and your other half said they were single. Mm-hmm. How how hurt would you be? Mm-hmm. You know, like and it's, it's it's weird. Like we for some reason we excuse it as comedy and find it funny that he's flirting. In his, to his, in his eyes as like a hot lady like oh wow this woman's hot and we're laughing because he's stumbling over his words and and you know mm-hmm. he's like using the underwear to dap his face yet at no point are we upset that he's like whoa dude this guy's a bad guy like wh- like i don't know it's, it's so, so he's he's a bad neighbor and he's a bad husband yeah so he's all around not a great guy yeah it turns out yeah he's horrible <laughs> And and, and, and and here's the thing. This isn't, like, the first time this happened. Well, and also, he daydreamed about her while he was, you know, thinking about putting the pool in, too. So. So, okay. So, so imagine you're in the shoes of the other person. How would you feel if your other half was, do, was doing what he was doing? Oh, I'd be pissed. See? Yeah. Exactly. And so would I. Like. And that's why, yeah. like, why is it that we excuse it? Like, I've seen this movie. Yeah, it's so like many... an overlooked thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm tr- I, I, like, I, I've never, to me in the past, I always laughed at that scene. I always found it funny how he's stumbling over his words and he's like laughing and he's like, do you want me to take something out? And he starts laughing and he does the hand thing, like all laughing, mm-hmm. like, 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 and she's like freaking out. And then I love where he's like, is the season to be married? He's like, that's my name. He's like, no shit. You know, and it's, <laughs> it's a funny scene. Mm-hmm. But again, yeah, like, and then his kid comes up and it's like that doesn't look <laughs> that doesn't look good. <laughs> but here, when you point out the kid, what does he do when he sees his dad talking to the girl? 
he gives a reaction like, ah, you know, like he's up to like it. Like it happens, like it happens like all the time. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. So that's what's weird about this scene because they, it goes to show that his son knows he does this a lot. Because mm-hmm. even his son gives that, oh, he's up to his shenanigans all over again. Like, oh, dad, you know, and he walks mm-hmm. up and he's there with his son. See, and that's why, like. It's so weird that we excuse the fact that his wife is not around and he's flat out already just like willing to cheat, it seems like. And we. Well, he is. He, he just seems like he is kind of like. Because I was thinking about something else. Like, he is an asshole. Like, when he was saying, like, Merry Christmas to all the people that were walking by and stuff. Oh, he's yeah. like, Merry Christmas. You know, uh, kiss, you know, kiss his ass. You're an asshole. Like, as they're walking by, I'm like, he's straight up, like, you know, not like he's off. He's mean as jerk. Yeah. He's like saying these things and people walking by and everything. Yeah. He, I mean, yeah, he, he is like, I mean, he, like, that's why the neighbors did nothing to provoke him. This is the first time mm-hmm. we're introduced to the neighbors when they show up and it was like, they, they was like, man, that's like a, they, they make a comment about the massive tree in the yard. I can't remember what they say, but then at that point, he's the first one to provoke something and says that, you know? So again, it's, I, Clark is an a-hole. He's a huge a-hole, mm-hmm. you know? So, so, yeah, yeah. So, um, let's see. Real quick, like, scenes that I would have to say. I love when the ladder, the first time he's putting up the lights, and he slides mm-hmm. down. And, and he looks around to see if anybody saw him. And then he shakes his head like, mm-hmm. Yep. Like, I love that because we've all done that where we slip or we fall. Bump <laughs> yeah, and you're, like, something. checking around. Yeah. And then you play it off. Like, just even if someone happened to look, you, like, kind of play it off. Um what you call I it? like the whole scene where he's stuck in the attic. Like yes. I, I, that scene's great. You know, he's putting on the, all the you know gloves and the hat and thing. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> and when he finds the old Mother's Day, uh, from like 1985 or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or no, yeah, it was like Mother's Day. He's like, oh, what the hell? Mm-hmm. And then um, and what's cool because when he watches all the film, one of them says like, I think it says like, Christmas '56, I think, or something like that. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I can't remember what year it says, but that is the year of what, um, cause this is from, is it, I think John? it was 50, I think it was 59. Yeah. Yeah. Christmas 59. Because I was, cause my dad was born in 58 and I was like, oh, you're one, you know? So I was like remarking <laughs> about that. Yeah. Christmas 59. And, it, and it's because this story, um, it, it actually comes from an article that was submitted in the National Lampoon magazine. It's where the first uh, Christmas vacation comes from. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, uh, um, National Lampoon's vacation. And it was from another story in Rolling Stone magazine. I mean, in National Lampoon's magazine called Christmas 59. So it's like cool little, like, if, if you will, at that time, the cool Easter egg of, mm-hmm. of the film, you know. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you know, and it's cool watching it. Um, I thought it was cool. Yeah, I like when they do those, um, like, they film at, like, you know, Christmas of the 1950s. I, I was, like, talking to my parents. I'm like, it must, be, it must be fun filming those, like, fake, like, home movies for movies. Yeah. And, I, and it, like, just reminded me of, like, my grandparents and, like, exactly because my dad has, like, old film, you know, when he was young and stuff. And it, they got it. Obviously, they know what they're doing because it's, like, that obvious, uh, perfect, like, recreation of, like, what those movies would be like back then so i don't i thought it was really neat i i love i love move a lot of movies have been doing this now um i love when freaking they use like real pictures of them when they were younger 
Yeah. Like, I love that because it's like, it's so, it, like, back when they would just use, like, a random actor or whatever. But I love that they do that now. Like, they, they just mm-hmm. used old pictures of them when they were kids. So that's mm-hmm. cool. Um, what you call it? Uh, do you know, is it, can that really happen with the turkey when they carve into it? And they go, does that really happen? I've always wondered that. I just laugh at that scene. I, I have no idea if that really can happen. I mean... I'm sure it would already it would already like explode before you cut into it. Like yeah. it wouldn't it wouldn't last. It would explode. But um, I'm sure you could probably try it out so bad like that. Yeah. I was just wondering. <laughs> uh, what? Um, why is everyone afraid of a squirrel? I have no idea. <laughs> Rabies. <laughs> yeah, like they all freak out when the squirrel, like the mom faints. Everybody screams and goes crazy over a squirrel. Like why i don't get like they make it like it's i mean i get it i don't know it there should have been a line in there throwing out that said it could be like rabbit right that's what they they call yeah, babies yeah, like yeah. rabbit it, they, if they said that yeah, yeah. it would make sense to be afraid but they don't they just yeah they're afraid. like all freak freaked out yeah and when like the it's on his back and the dad screams squirrel and then they all freak out like i don't know that, yeah. that, it's like it, I, I never understood like why they're afraid of freaking squirrels um mm-hmm. another easter egg is when cousin eddie shows up after the whole light debacle he mm-hmm. um they're inside and they're drinking eggnog and they have marty moose mugs so it's a mm-hmm. cool little like easter egg from awesome. the first film mm-hmm. You know, so so that's cool, and I guess I guess you can buy yeah you can buy those mugs. I guess they sell them somewhere. The little cups. Oh really? I, yeah, I, I saw somebody like there was like some kind of like Christmas um, like gift guide thing, and those were in there. So I guess you can purchase those those cups. Oh right on! Mm-hmm. I I want to get one. <laughs> I yeah, I did too. Get awesome. one. Uh, Put some eggnog in it. Yeah, dude. I mean, I, I don't drink eggnog, but just for the hell of it, just to be like, oh look, I'm doing this scene, you know. <laughs> Um, and I guess one of the last things I want to bring up is the scene when after the, the carving of the cake, I mean the cake, the turkey, mm-hmm. and then it, it does like a pan around of everybody eating. Mm-hmm. If you watch that scene, look at Ellen. She scoops some food and then she flicks it away mm-hmm. and then she does a, take, a fake like, hmm. Yeah, yeah. You've noticed that? I didn't. I For the longest time, I, I didn't catch that, but like. I think not too long ago we, we caught that. My mom mentioned that too. Like, oh, look how they they didn't know either. Like, they'd just seen, they'd found that out the other day. And like, oh, watch, she like flicks it. <laughs> so, yeah, I, that's funny. Yeah, you got to kind of like, you don't catch it the first time. Yeah, like I, 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 it was like a while back when I first noticed that. And every time I watch it, I, I catch that scene. I always like found that weird. I'm like, is that the actress making that decision? Like, maybe she mm-hmm. didn't realize it and she's, like, gonna pretend, like, oh, I don't want to eat this. I'm gonna flick it and eat it. Or was that a part of the scene of the, oh, like, let's pretend I'm eating the food. I, I don't know. I always found that mm-hmm. weird. Um, uh, I guess, uh, all in all, this movie's great. You know, Cousin Eddie, annoying as always. I love uh, oh, great. how he's featured. Uh, I never get how the kids, Rusty and, and freaking... Uh, What's the sister's name? I can't even think of her name. Oh, right uh, Audrey. Yeah. Oh, okay. Rusty and Audrey are always played by different kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For some reason, um, cousin Eddie always makes references to the other kids growing up and moving on. Mm-hmm. Like, I-, I never understood that because he makes a reference that the the two kids that were on the farm uh, are now one of them went off to join the 
the circus be a carny or something and the other one i can't remember <laughs> so it's like weird that like his kids grow up but rusty and audrey always stay the same age and well, there's always... there's a quote or the little quote in um vegas vacation where they all decide to go to vegas and they're sitting down like we're gonna go to vegas and they're talking about like we, we need to spend more time together and he's like we don't even recognize you anymore you know because they're they're <laughs> always they're always changing the actors i forgot so. about that you're right they do make a reference to that mm-hmm. um yeah if you had to rate all four films in order where do you put them like from my favorite to like least favorite yes um okay uh, you're okay so Christmas vacation number one, your vacation the bottom. Okay. And so then you've got regular. It's hard because I feel like a lot of people don't really like Vegas vacation. Mm-hmm. But I, that's I don't know. It's not as popular, but there's some like funny quotes in that movie that I really like. Where the whole Wayne Newton thing, where he like with uh, Eddie, he goes up, he's like, "Need a bodyguard? I'll die for you." Like I don't, I, don't, I love that part. <laughs> um, but it's hard. I don't know. Maybe um, I don't know. John Candy, though, as the security guy, you know, guy. Wolf out front should have told you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I love, see, and I love that. So, I don't know, it's hard. Like, I guess, yeah, Christmas Vacation number one, your vacation in the end, and then Vegas and original, kind of in the middle. I can't place them. Yeah. I, um, I would have to say, yeah, like, with me, vacation number <laughs> one, European last. But mm-hmm. it's so hard to between two and three because, again, like how you mentioned, there, there for some reason Vegas sometimes doesn't really. But I think it's a really well done film. I, I like mean, not it. Like, yeah. well, like it's all it's one of the best films. But I mean, it's not a bad sequel whatsoever. I think it's really good. And every time I watch it, it always like my I want to go to Vegas. You mm-hmm. know, and I like how it shows like a little bit of dated Vegas. Like I love movies that kind of like, oh, there's the old you know entrance to whatever because i've gone i've been to vegas like almost every year since i was five years old yeah so it's it's fun to like oh take a little look back to what vegas used to look like yeah you're right because see that was the thing like (laughs) what you just said that's how we used to be with me with vegas like for for years it wasn't until i mean uh i think it was like maybe in oh seven or i I don't know at what point it may have been the point when i moved out so oh seven but before that, from junior high till then, we would go to Vegas for a week every year. Like, every year we would go. And, and yeah, every time we would watch Vegas Vacation, it always got us ready in a reminder. Mm-hmm. Like, yep, like, that's oh, what we do, the same thing. It, 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 you know, it, our Vegas trippers come in and we get all excited and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I, think I, I think I saw that movie in the movie theater. Oh, really? I, yeah, I think it was at 97 think so i was really young my mom took me to, my mom took me to like <laughs> weird movie. i saw blade when i was like seven years old that was yeah it came out in 97 so I, my first radar movie when i was seven so um yeah i think i saw that in the movie theater so i don't know just that one like stuck with me the, the vegas <laughs> you were seven that's hilarious i'm like I was, yeah seven years old and i'm watching blade i'm like i was in thanks school. mom <laughs> and spawn i think that came out the year actually i think that came out the year before yeah but that, it that was, was that wasn't rated r though I was a I was a sophomore in high school when that came out because I remember having that album and we were all huge fans of a Trip Like I Do by Crystal Method mm-hmm. and Filter. Mm-hmm. We we're massive fans, but yeah, I, I just wanted to look like Vegas Vacation. It came out in '97, February 4th. Oh, it came out on Valentine's Day, 1997. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it cost 25 <laughs> million and it made 36 million, so at least it made its money back and then some. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, all right, it's cool. So Vegas vacation with that one, it, it, it also a budget of twenty five million, and it made seventy one million. It was considered a hit. It was, um, and it's actually on IMDb. It's it's seen as one of the top uh, Christmas movies. It's um, yeah. I mean, I love this, and and also too. Uh, for if you want, go to RollingStone.com. There's an article that was actually posted on December 22nd. That's uh, a behind the scenes. It's called Xmas or Bust: The Untold Story of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I'm actually gonna read this article, so check it out. Read some more. But but yeah, any any quick final thoughts on uh, Christmas Vacation? Uh, just if you haven't seen it, like you've been living under a rock. It's like one of the most popular Christmas movies and I think it's great and hilarious holds up. I think pretty well today. still funny. I still laugh every time I watch it. Same here. Yeah. Yeah. And I've never seen Christmas vacation too. cousin Eddie's. Oh God. No, no. You've seen it. No, I've seen parts of it. I remember like, don't get, is this, do they like shipwreck or is that a different one? There's like another one where like, I, I, I've never seen it, but I know they're on an Island or something like that. Yeah. But um, I don't. Yeah, I've heard not so great things about that. And the actor, Rand, it was it, um, Randy, Randy, Quaid. Randy Quaid. Yeah, he went crazy or something. Something's wrong with him. Yeah, he says there's like this mafia in the in Hollywood that that like kills celebrities. They killed Heath Ledger and all this and that. Yeah, he he turned out to be weird. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, cool. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So so there you go. There was a Christmas vacation and screws. This was our official Christmas episode. But obviously, before we go, I always give you a song of the week. So this week's song of the week, for me, is my favorite Christmas uh, song. It's it's a mixture of two. It's my favorite Christmas song of all time, and it's my favorite 80s Christmas song of all time. So it it fits those two categories. And for me, I have a tradition. December 1st, I listen to this song, and it's the signal, the sign, the initiation, the whatever you want to call it, of... Christmas has arrived and for me it is 1981's The Waitress's Christmas Rapping. I love love this song and I know in the 90s like I think it was actually 97 um Save Ferris a band who named themselves after the the little saying from Ferris Bueller's Day Off uh they did a, a, a cool version of it and it sounds exactly the same it's you know so it's two cool versions but I love Christmas Rapping. You've heard Christmas Rapping right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah, I love that song. Uh, this 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 freaking song. I just I love you know the bass in it. You know and the the song. It's like and I know it's not really singing about freaking happy Christmas because in the the first lyrics are you know bah humbug. <laughs> uh, you know mm-hmm. it's all about Christmas. But it's, I, yeah, it's funny too. I like that song. It's it, it, it's it's a great uh, uh, song. I I had no idea that you know Spice Girls did a cover version of it. Uh, so I, you know, but yeah, the main one that I know of is Safe Ferris. They did a, they did a cool version of it. So yeah, so there, you, so there you have it. That's gonna be my song of the week. You know, the waitresses is Christmas rapping. Uh, it was released in 1981, my birthday year. So yeah, you know, so uh, so the or my birth year when my birthday year. What am I saying? <laughs> well, I, technically it is my, you know. So all right, cool. So so there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. We we did a awesome Christmas episodes. Uh, any any final words? Uh, just Merry Christmas. <laughs> awesome. Cool. <laughs> All right. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. So, you know, as we finish, um, putting up the, the 
the traditional Clark Christmas tree, Griswold Christmas tree, and after finishing hanging out with, you know, the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future, we hop into the DeLorean and travel back to the future.
This has been a Brothers Bear Network production.